Today's episode is brought to you by our own bonus episode. Have you ever actually taken into account any of the suggestions these people have made in the hate mails? For instance, this one that Rucker read uh, early on, they said uh, that you should get a light. Have you done that? (laughs) (laughs) Download Maddox vs. the Universe from iTunes, Amazon, or madcastmedia.com. You're listening to the Madcast Media Network. Madcastmedia.com. Welcome to the best debate in the universe. Every debate in the universe from New Year's predictions to shitty fan fictions. With over 2.5 million downloads, I'm your host, Maddox. With me is the Sergeant of Swag, Mikey Bolt. Hey there, Maddox. Audio engineer. And as always, the Maharaja of moderation, Rucka Rucka Ali. Hey, guys. Welcome back to the show. Guys, we've got an exciting show. This is the first show of the new year that is actually a normal show, not one of our prediction shows. So welcome back to the show, the regular format. And uh, Mikey, I I need to apologize right up top because I said, Sergeant of Swag, I forgot you got a promotion. You are the Sultan. I was going to say something. I'm just, I was going to do it off the air. Sultan of Swag. Thank you. But first, I want to introduce our guest this week. He is a writer and story editor of Sonic Boom on Cartoon Network, creator of the web cartoon Grandma vs. the Internet. Please welcome Alan Denton. Welcome to the show. Hey, Maddox. Good to be here. Awesome. Awesome having you. Guys, this is uh, this is super exciting. I, I'm a huge Sonic fan, as you know. That's actually kind of how we met on uh, on Twitter, right? Yeah, you well, well, you just sort of threw down a hashtag of our TV show, and so I saw it, and I commented on it, and it turned out you were just trying to use us for some sort of Twitter engagement or something. No, that wasn't it at all. Here's, yeah. the, here's the thing, Alan. I'm a huge Sonic fan, sincerely, and I made a, this uh, I would say awesome, some would say super awesome, uh, the 3D render of Sonic the Hedgehog as a turkey. Yeah, yeah. and I it posted was beautiful. It. Yeah, yeah, thank you. See, <laughs> one of the writers of the show complimenting my brilliant artwork, and so when I was posting it, it automatically suggested that tag of it. Well, that's great. And then yeah. uh, we started talking. Here we yeah. are. Yeah, it's been a magical couple of weeks. Yeah. Well, we'll talk a little bit more at the end of the show about your writing. I'm curious about the show and uh, and the process of it. But first, we should get to the debate this week. I want to hear everyone's buzzers. Rucka, let's hear yours. And Alan, let's hear yours. And here's mine. If you hear a buzzer from any of these fine gentlemen or myself, that means that someone disagreed with someone else. But we should get to the debate this week, which is, is nostalgia ruining television? That is the debate this week. Now's your chance to vote at madcastmedia.com. That's where you vote. That's where you find the voicemail number if you want to leave a voicemail, which we'll be playing at the tail end of the show, along with some quick news headlines as always. But Alan, as our guest this week, I'm going to give you first stab at the debate. Is nostalgia ruining television? No. No, it's not. Uh, And if you think it is, you're kind of being ridiculous. Uh, Nostalgia is a useful tool to take something that exists and is familiar and then build upon it to create something new and different. Have there been bad nostalgia-based cash-ins that have existed? Absolutely. But... I don't think nostalgia is the boogeyman that you need to blame when a shitty show happens. Blame the people who made it, not the concept of nostalgia in general. Okay, that's a fair argument. Uh, Right out the gates, pretty strong. Ruck is is nodding. He's got this look on his face because I know know he, he agrees with you. To an extent, right? What? No, no, I'm the I'm the purest. You're the purest. I'm the purest. Uh huh. Power Rangers was ruined. Ninja Turtles was ruined. So Rucka's the purest. He likes the originals. Now here's the thing. You said that you should blame the people. However, when you create a nostalgic product, 
a, that is like a product that is based on a previous series like uh, like Full House. They just came <laughs> yeah. out with Fuller House, right? Uh, yeah. Now, yeah. now you have an additional layer of difficulty to overcome because you have the expectations of all the fans who liked your original product and liked the original show, and now you're trying to recreate that new that show with with a new cast and new crew of people. Uh huh. So I take it you were a huge fan of Full House. Okay, and- wrong, Alan. <laughs> we will not. I let the record state Ruckus. Ruckus keeping record that I am not a fan of Full House or Fuller House. Okay, and I am a Full House, but not a Fuller House. Are you really? You yeah. liked Full House? I mean, oh, I loved it. Yeah, really. Really? Have you have you rewatched it recently? I mean, not recently. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. yeah, it's obviously it's not going to hold up in the same way. But no, absolutely, I think it's a wonderful, wholesome family entertainment. See, Mikey gets it. <laughs> oh, gosh, and uh, if you're if you're a miserable person, I would suggest watching it. Oh, really? Yeah, a miserable person would. Uh, why would a miserable person enjoy that show? Because it's like a window into a better world. No, it's not. Yes, it's, it is. It's a window into a world that doesn't exist, and it depresses you. It makes it even worse. It's showing you what's possible if you shape up. What? Wait, what? Rucka thinks it's possible. He wants to fulfill his dream of being a, an, an adolescent teenage yeah. girl. Is that, is that what Full is House that, is about? Uh, an adolescent know, what's, teenage what's girl? Yeah. yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And, and then younger. What, what, than, what shows do you like? I liked, I liked growing up. Just the first thing that popped in my head is Gilligan's Island. Oh, jeez. Uh, oh, I, like, I knew you were old. <laughs> what are you, Jesus I like Seinfeld. Seinfeld's a great show. Uh, is I that like what Kirby, you watched Kirby when you were like six, six years old? You were seven, eight. You were watching I Curb Your Enthusiasm. Cartoons. I'd watch cartoons. I didn't watch okay, like any adult sitcoms, sitcoms. No sitcoms you ever watched? Yeah, I watched. Um, uh, oh, what's it? Mr. Belvedere with the uh, the butler who came in. Uh, yeah, and, so the classic. Know. Yeah, and yeah. and Vicky the robot. Uh, what's that? What's that show? Yeah. Small Wonder. Small Wonder. All yeah. right, you think Vicky holds up? <laughs> you think that aged well? If you watch it now, it it wasn't good when I watched it. It was it was a really <laughs> shitty show. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I, I acknowledge it for that. So so we we learned today that Ruck has a Sigler head, right? What's, Kimmy what Sigler. Is, what's Kimmy Gibbler? Gibbler. That's Gibbler? the one. Gibbler. Idiot. Yeah. You're Come a Gibbler on, head. Moron. Yeah. Yeah. G- I, that's what we're called. Gibbler head. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. Gibbler gang. Like You're the low true, gang. Yeah. True. Yeah. Ruck is part of the Gibbler gang. Anyway, yeah. Alan, back to this argument though. You. Uh, so I'm saying that you can blame the people, but they have an additional layer to uh, overcome, which is this expectation that's built into the franchise. I mean, sure, I guess there's a, yeah, the the people watching have a certain expectation, but if you hit it, if you hit that expectation, there's nothing more exciting in the world than a, than a show that uh, that builds upon something that already exists and uh, and keeps going. Okay, wrong. There are oh. things that are more exciting in the world. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Can we right. agree on that? All right. Mikey, yeah. I know you're a Gibbler gang, too. I, mean, yeah. I think I'm a Gibbler gang. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's a Gibbler gang. Yeah. yeah, you got me. There yeah. are things more exciting. Climbing Mount Everest is more exciting than, than, a, than a proper Fuller house. You're right. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I want to say, I want to point this out, though. You said that when it works, it's magical. That's that's yeah, what I picked sure. up, right? Yeah. Well, here's a bunch of shows where yeah. it either didn't work or isn't going to work. Uh-huh. Uh, we've got so Fuller House, as I mentioned. Uh, these are the these are some of the nostalgic reboots they're doing. Boy Meets World, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. They are really. Yeah, that's coming. A new one. Really? Coach is Jaden Smith in that? Jaden Smith. I hope so. That guy's bonkers. I love reading his philosophies on life, like thinking yeah. he's really profound, but like near the tail end of a philosopher's life like as they're starting to lose it 
Like even uh, <laughs> uh, Pascal, you know, the the, the famous pl- philosopher Pascal, near the tail end of his life, started kind of losing it. And that's what Jaden Smith sounds like now. So like an old philosopher who's lost it. The senility of an old philosopher. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Senility. And none of and, and none of the, like, uh, prolific work in between where, <laughs> where people laud him for his brilliant ideas and observations mm. about life. Any yeah. other uh, 18-year-old boys you want to rip on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, how old is Logan Paul? 22 22 doesn't count anyway um <laughs> uh the yeah like that's outside my wheelhouse i wrote an entire book ripping on kids yeah true crappy mm. children's artwork good point yeah. over 320 pages of me shitting on kids uh anyway you got coach coming out the odd couple yeah They're doing a reboot of the odd couple well that's already out with tom lennon and, is that uh, with Tom Lennon? Yeah, yeah, Tom Lennon and uh, Matthew Perry. Oh, it might be good. I like Tom Tom Lennon a lot. <laughs> it's, been, uh, it's been for a couple of years. I think it's mildly successful. There's a uh, oh, wait, is it really? Yeah. Uh, Arrested Development. Now, Arrested Development is a perfect example of how nostalgia didn't work. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Everybody that was hot, hotly anticipated. Oh, here comes the new Arrested Development. Which, by the way, I don't get the whole cult of it. I've watched a few episodes and it's fine. But it's not this like mind blowing show. I knew it was coming. What <laughs> Rucka? That wasn't a reboot. That was they just made a new season for Netflix. Yeah, but based on the nostalgia of the past, nostalgia of like five years ago. Yeah, five well, years. That's ago. That's not nostalgia. That's continuing a show. Well, here's here's the thing, Maddox. You, you just said that you didn't really care for Arrested Development, and then surprise, surprise, you watched new Arrested Development and didn't like it. Wait, yeah, I wasn't thought it was it fine. Canceled. Arrested Development? Yeah. yeah. And then they brought it back. That counts to as Netflix. a reboot. That counts as a reboot. Well, it was a not, new season. Not when it's like a year later. Uh, What's that a, other one with the chick? The uh, Veronica Mars. The uh, oh, yeah, Veronica yeah. Mars one. That's another one. Yeah, yeah. They're bringing right. them. Yeah, they're doing a lot. So it's nostalgia when it's been like three years. Yeah. This oh. whole thing reminds me of that South Park episode mm-hmm. with the uh, member, member bears. bears. Remember this? Listen to this. Member? Hey, hey. Member Ghostbusters. Yeah. Yeah. That's all this is. It's just a big member berry jerk fest yeah well i mean sure i mean you can you can cherry pick the 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 shows that are bad which i, I'm, I, I did i I'll, I'll i'll submit is probably like 80 percent of them yeah uh but you know like have you seen new ducktales for instance i have not is it uh, any good does it hold up yeah it's it's better it's better than the original ducktales better than the original ducktales <laughs> that <laughs> I, d- I, I highly doubt that. Have you seen it, Mikey? No, but before the show, he told me that the type of sauce he'd want is duck sauce, <laughs> and now he's going with that. Oh, yeah. I'm, not, I'm starting to think uh, yeah. that's... Yeah, you got me. He hasn't even seen the reboot. He just really likes ducks. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you, I'm seeing a theme with you, Alan. You're a duck guy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah you love, so. you'll, you'll have duck sauce. You'll have duck, duck yeah. tails. Yeah, I didn't. duck face the entire time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was making duck face selfies when he came over. Yeah, yeah that's um, how I do it. Yeah, okay, so so you're saying the new DuckTales is even better. Okay, there is yep. the possibility that a new series is, is better than the classic, but sure. it's unlikely. Yeah. Uh, I got another one that, yeah. okay, this is a show I've never watched, and I know people are going to call bullshit, okay. but listen, I've already admitted to watching Full House. I would tell you if I was a brony. I don't watch My Little Pony. That's- but uh, in doing research for a song, I uh, discovered that it was an 80s shitty show. It was like a fucking dumbass cartoon about nothing. And flash forward to the 2000s or 2010 even or whatever it was. And it's rebooted as a funny, funny show with people like Amy Poehler or whoever the fuck. Like comedian, (laughs) like actors doing fast paced voices and jokes and like adults watch that shit. That's a great point. That is a great point because a lot of these old shows that they've rebooted, say My Little Pony, uh, you know, they honestly weren't that great. 
I mean, you remember them as a kid as being great, but honestly, they weren't that good. And the reboots, a lot of the time, are equally good or, or better. My Little Pony being a good example. Well, so My Little Pony, this is this harkens back to the female Ghostbusters, the, the Ghostbusters 2016 oh, that came out, right? And My Little Pony, it seemed like they just got a bunch of funny writers and comedians to create a show. And they just used the ponies as de- as a device to tell those stories, right? There's nothing inherently My Little Pony about that universe except for the characters and the actual world they, they're in. Well, what- Otherwise, you're just watching a funny show, right? I, I mean, sure. My understanding is that the creator of the new My Little Pony was a, a big pony fan as a kid. Mm. And then... A pony head. Yeah. Brony. A, br- well, it, a brony. It was a, it was a, a female, so I, I don't a think honey? a brony. <laughs> oh, God, no. a, it, That's what they like to be called is honey. <laughs> oh, no. Uh... <laughs> You know, so so she got the chance and she pitched the the new take on it and and got to uh, bring My Little Pony to a new generation. That's something go. that she enjoyed as a kid. Kids of this generation weren't able to experience it, and she brought it to them in a way that was new and accessible. Which is and, what makes it work. Yeah, and I think there's nothing wrong with that. Well, it's a different show. It's no longer My Little Pony. Look, the, you got X Files coming out. The new X Files, which is yeah. the old X Files. You've got Twin Peaks, uh, Boy Meets World, as I mentioned. Now, here's the, th- here's the problem. When you reboot these shows, sometimes the rebooted shows air on a network or a platform that has more restrictive content uh, limitations than the previous one. Case in point, Sex and the City. When the, f- when the show first came out, it was on HBO, and it was uncensored. It was raw. They allowed full nudity. They allowed sexual sexually explicit materials and, and situations. But then it was rebooted, and not quite a reboot, but they tried to carry it on as the Carrie Diaries on the CW network. And did they, they did do not, that? Yeah. I didn't know about that. Okay. Yeah, the Carrie Sorry. Diaries. And it, and it did not live up to the source material. It did not, it did not pay <laughs> reverence that in, to the in source material. In your material. opinion, it didn't live up to the fine source yeah, material? You know what? I will go on record as saying I'm a fan of Sex and the City. And I know, I know, Get I know. Get out of here. All right, give me all the shit you want. It's a well-written show. I enjoyed it when it first came out. Because I was at the time, I was dating someone who was really into Sex in the City, and I thought, "Oh wow, look at this trash you're watching." And uh, she was like, "No, no, you should ch- you should check it out. You should sit down and watch." And I thought, "You know what? I will. I'll check this out. I, I will watch an episode of your your sex show." And I sat down, and I watched, it, and I'm like, "Wow, this is really good. It's really well written. There's a really strong narrative all throughout. The characters are really developed. Uh, gets you invested. You start caring about these characters." Yeah, go ahead, make fun of me for watching this girl show. Uh, but I don't yeah. think you have much room, Giggler, Giggler gang. Gibbler? Gibbler, yeah, Gibbler, the two no one, Gibbler gangs. No one said it was a girl show, Maddox. What, Sex nope. in the City? I, yeah, 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 yeah. nobody's making fun of you. <laughs> it's it's a safe place, check the comments. No, yeah. yeah. Okay, if I check the comments and I see, uh, I won't see, you're telling me I won't see a single person making fun of me? No. All right, okay, then, you know uh, what? Are you going to put a demotion or promotion on the line? No. <laughs> okay, yes. Fuck it. I don't give oh, a shit. Yeah. I don't even know what my position is right now. You are but, the Maharaja of moderation. Right. Yes, yes. You yes. could go all the way back down to uh, superintendent of come downstairs. That's, that's all the way down? I thought there was shit before there that. There is shit before that, yeah. yeah. But um, I like the point about My Little Pony is that the uh, creator was a fan as a little girl, and so she gets the show. She knows what it's about, and then she re- brought it to the new generation. That's how it should work with shit like Ninja Turtles and Power Rangers, but because the because Hollywood blew their load on franchises like Ninja Turtles and Power Rangers too early, you've got people creating these reboots that didn't actually grow up watching them. 
You've got people yeah. older. So they, if you'd waited another 10 years and the people who grew up with these shows are now these are now in charge, they're the adults, they're running Hollywood or they're at higher positions to produce, you would have Power Rangers movies that are true to the source. Because if you watch that Power Rangers movie, it has nothing to do with the original show. Well, that's because I think the Power Rangers movie that they made, the new one, was trying to pay a little bit of uh, fan service to that, that uh, short that somebody made, that really cool, gritty dark Power Rangers short that someone made, and they were trying to capture a little bit of that in the new movie. No, because that fan fiction, whatever it was, was good. It was true to the original, but it was adapted to the current adulthood of the fans. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying it wasn't good. Yes, I'm you... saying they're trying to copy that, and yes, they failed. Yes, that's my point. The person who made that fan flick was clearly a fan who grew up watching Power Rangers, and then someone a generation older than he made a shitty movie, a.k.a. Michael Bay made that piece of shit, or whoever it was. Whoever it was, I don't care. Sorry if it's like a friend of yours in in, in your fucking cesspool of Hollywood. (laughs) The person, he he saw that, uh, that fan flick and said, oh, this is what we need to do. And he took the elements of it that were dark and new and completely discarded the actual source material. That's the point I'm making. Uh, okay, look, even if you discard or you pay lip service to these the original source material or whatever, the fact remains that even just because you're a fan of something doesn't mean you can do it justice or you understand what makes it good. There are people who've read my shit for years and they're fucking morons. <laughs> I don't get it. They don't get it. They don't get. They don't understand what goes into it. Just because you're a fan of something, look, I'm a fan of fucking uh, burgers. I go to this burger place. I happen to be a good burger chef, but it doesn't necessarily make me a bur- good burger chef just because I eat a lot of burgers. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. All right, I hit the buzzer, so I'll speak, and then we'll jump. <laughs> we'll jump over to you. Okay. If someone is gonna reboot Maddox, wouldn't it help if they actually were a fan of yours growing up? Yeah. Well, it might. It's the only hope you've got. If they well, just not if necessarily, they, if they're completely unfamiliar with you, and they did one day of research, and then they try to reboot it. It it totally won't won't be natural. Well, there's that doesn't follow. That's not necessarily the case. You don't have to be a fan of something to do a good job of. Like I I can read uh, someone's uh, source material and understand it. What are you going to say, Alan? Well, I mean, this is kind of going back to my point. Say so, someone's a fan of yours but has no talent then it's not the fact that they were a fan of yours that the reason for the reason why it's bad is because they they did a poor job and they didn't have the talent to do it well. Right. So stop blaming nostalgia and the idea of being a fan as a problem when really it was uh, the personnel behind it. Okay, I'll give you that, but the argument was made that because these people were fans growing up watching the My Little Pony, they were, they were able to do it. Look, I don't think Amy Poehler... Amy Poehler is uh is uh, I think about our age. I don't think she our age. You and I are not the same age, and she is probably <laughs> older than you. Yeah, she's older than all. <laughs> she's probably older than all of us, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. But I so I don't think that uh, My Little Pony was her generation of cartoons. She did it create. I don't even know if she even no. does a voice on that show. I was just you mentioned her. Yeah, I was saying people like that. You know, comedians and people with good voice. It was like it was like a made by adults, almost for adults. Okay. Alan, you've been writing in Hollywood for a, a long time, right? For sure. a while, a d- yeah, yeah. decent amount of time. You have yeah. a, you have a fairly substantial career in Hollywood. You know, first and foremost, how important it is to have a cohesive crew that works together. Making sure. a show takes a lot of talent, from the board artists to the producers to the line producers to the director to the executive producer and the creative vision and the writers. For for all I'll of agree. those. Yeah, for all of those, there we go. All of those moving pieces to come together to make a cohesive show that not only 
gets to air, but then also has this additional layer of expectation to live up to is extremely hard. And that's why I always say, uh, this is like an argument I've made in the past where I'm, I'm a fan of making video games more about video games and not putting the stories as much into them because it's really hard to tell a good story and to make a good video game. So the likelihood of doing both simultaneously just makes it that much harder. And that's why when it happens, it's such a big deal in video games, I think. I think that that's also why the uh, Call of Duty, because it's been out so long, they don't have to, they've, they've just got those diehard fans so they can kind of slack off more rather than focus on getting you connected and wanting so, to be a part of the game. So you're saying uh, that that you don't like story in video games? Pretty much. Yeah. What, what does that have to do with nostalgia? <laughs> I'm just saying that, that nostalgia adds an additional layer of difficulty in whatever you're trying to produce, right? Living up to the expectations. Yeah, I mean, it, it can take an extra bit of effort to live up to expectations, but it also can get more interest and, and give it a, a better shot of succeeding from the start. I'll give you, for example, the, they just announced that Animaniacs are coming back on Hulu. Oh, did they? Yes. Wonderful. Uh <laughs> Great. Can't wait to see how that fucking uh, Bill Clinton thing at the beginning aged. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> new Animaniacs are coming in 2020. Uh, I If they were just making some brand new show for 11-year-olds on Hulu, I wouldn't check it out. But I'm probably going to check out the new Animaniacs just because and see if it's any good. So that's a new audience that mm -hmm. is coming into it to check it out. You're the problem, Alan. Ah, hmm. You're the reason new shows aren't happening because you're not <laughs> watching new shows. You know what? I, I'll tell you a reboot or I guess a nostalgic one that actually did work, which was the new Transformers. I think it was Transformers Armageddon. Now, I watched it with a, like a skeptical asshole, you know, because that's what I am, a skeptical asshole. I, uh -huh. I, I turned it that's on. That's how you like, watch oh, everything. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, let's see this. Yeah. <laughs> Ready to enjoy. That's how I enjoy things. I'm like, oh, let's. <laughs> Let's take a look at this. And I watched the new Transformers, the Transformers Armageddon, and I was blown away. Not only, and I know this is bolstering your case, but not only did it do justice, it was better than the original Transformers. The animation looked cleaner. It looked smoother. There was more action. The pacing was better. The storytelling was better. And the Transformers were cooler. Should we switch seats? Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. But that's like that's a rare occurrence that that happens. Uh -huh. Well, I mean, that, that goes to show... So you think that it succeeded in spite of nostalgia? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I don't think that uh, nostalgia helped it any. I think that nostalgia is, is an expectation that you have to overcome when you're producing things, and it makes it much more difficult to create a show. So you feel like nostalgia harmed that Transformers show? I think it, it probably helped it because they, it was able to succeed, but that's rare. Yeah. That's super rare. Well, thank you, Maddox. I, I appreciate <laughs> it. I did bring an argument on your side of the debate, though. Do you, want to, do you want to hear this one? Uh, sure, and, and, sure. By the way, for those of you who are first listening to the show, if you're not super familiar with this, uh, the best debate in the universe or this format, I will argue the other side of the debate no matter what. And sometimes I'll bring in arguments for the other side of the debate as well. This is from Vulture.com. A guy wrote an article talking about how these uh, remakes and reboots and nostalgia is necessary for television because he says the rapid explosion in original fare means networks are frequently settling for lower ratings fewer breakout hits, and less advertising revenue. Worse, it's now become a regular occurrence for heavily promoted new shows like Fox's new comedy, Weird Loners, or NBC's Allegiance, or USA's Dig, or A&E's The Returned, to open to scary low premiere ratings. There's so much product, it's hard for something new to stand out. Somebody sees a new series now, and it's, so what? There's 10 a day. So, you know, it's, it's harder for these new shows to break out of the pack. And I would sure. actually make that an argument for my side of the debate because 
if people are only consuming nostalgic content, doesn't it make it more difficult to, for a new show to break out? Well, so here's the thing. A lot of nostalgic content gets greenlit because the studios are want something that they can count on, something that they can look at data and say, this has worked in the past, so it's a better bet than something new. Right. Uh, so, I, And that leads to a lot of very safe decisions that can be bad for content. But I don't think nostalgia is to blame. I think that's risk aversion. Like, If we want to argue that is risk aversion uh, harming television, I would say yes. But I don't think uh, I don't think that's nostalgia harming television. It's just executives being very protective of their dollar and not wanting to try a lot of new stuff. Bingo. That's exactly it. And that's the problem. Risk aversion. So another word for nostalgia is safety. And that's exactly <laughs> what these companies want. And when you're playing it safe with your entertainment, you don't push the envelope forward with art. You can make some artwork that is uh, going to be displayed in an Ikea a nice uh, picture or portrait of a vase with flowers in it and uh, fruit and make it look really nice. A nice landscape photo, a silhouette photo. Everyone loves silhouette photos. <laughs> Where are you going with this? Yeah. Well, th that's playing it safe. Okay. <laughs> but then if you really want to move art forward, you want to, uh, you know, paint something with, uh, with the blood or have like a really gory <laughs> photo or something or, uh, you know, do something crazy and put it out there. Well, you're taking a risk. And the flip side of the coin of risk is reward, right? Mm -hmm. Sure. So I think that fewer fewer people, fewer companies are taking risks anymore. And what's what's happening, like right now it's okay, it's fine. We're doing all this nostalgia, we're doing all these reboots. But what's going to happen 10, 20 years from now? Are we still going to be rebooting these stories? Is this, the, is this our generation's Hans Christian Andersen where we never stop telling these same four fucking stories over and over again? Well, listen. <laughs> you ever hear Journey of a Hero? Yeah, I mean... Every movie, every show you watch is basically a retelling of the journey of a hero, you know? So Yeah, you have the same basic uh, structure of the story, yeah. Yeah, so, I, I mean, I don't know. Don't think about it as, oh, they're retelling the same intellectual property. That means that they're retelling the same stories. They're, they're giving, ideally, new takes on it that, uh, that again, can, can broaden its appeal. I use Batman as a great example. Batman has evolved and changed every decade or so. You know, Batman can coexist with crazy Adam West Batman and Batman Brave and the Bold, Batman the Animated Series, Chris Nolan Batman. It changes and it doesn't it doesn't affect it doesn't ruin your childhood to have a new Batman out. It's just another thing. And also you don't have to you know Batman, you're familiar with them. So there's not this you don't have to figure out you don't have to watch the pilot and really understand them. You know what's going on and it's easy to get into. Hmm. Ah. Mm. <laughs> That's a new sound effect yeah. that uh, Rucka has on his board. Uh, with Batman in particular, first of all, the audience has the expectation that the series can be rebooted and doesn't necessarily have to follow canon. But there are series where the reboots sometimes can ruin the canon of the show. It can make things worse. So everybody, everybody universally who was a fan of Arrested Development thought that the series <laughs> overall became worse with that last season that they added. Now there's a smart way to do it and curb your enthusiasm. They, you know, everybody wanted a Seinfeld reunion. Everyone wants another season of Seinfeld. So he played with that idea in a series, uh, in one of the seasons of, of Curb Your Enthusiasm, showing what a disaster it could potentially be. And it kind of addressed the criticism and also embraced it and mm -hmm. said, "Okay, here's what could happen if we created this this type of show." It was very meta. Yeah, it was very meta. But that's an interesting take on it. But here's the here's the other thing about nostalgia. And here's the dark side that nobody wants to talk about or acknowledge. Uh -oh. Sometimes nostalgia comes from a bygone era. 
an era with values that we don't necessarily agree with or embrace anymore. Trigger! Trigger. (laughs) Alan just got triggered. Well, you haven't even heard the clip yet, but here's another clip from that Memberberry episode. Listen to this. Okay, remember when there weren't so many Mexicans? Oh, I remember. What? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes these member berries that we're consuming, just by the handful, we kind of uh, forget that the era of these, uh, you know, these shows that where they came from uh-huh. and these values. Like, I don't think we could do what's the, what's the show uh, Hogan's Heroes? Is that the one where they, where, uh, where, the, where they just have a bunch of the World War Two? Yeah, where they just have like a bunch of uh, rambunctious Nazis as <laughs> like they're Colonel just Clink. kind of yeah, yeah yeah they like Nazis were the main characters of the show. And they sure. were kind of like, uh, you know, goofy Nazis bumbling and bumping into each other, and they kind of humanized them. And uh, but that was that was from an era where Mash was uh, also a big a big so, hit. So are you saying nostalgia makes us remember what should be forgotten? Sometimes, yeah. Hmm. Or it doesn't like you can't really adapt something from the past. Like if you were adapting, um, you know, vaudeville from back in the day, and they were having like blackface and stuff. Like, how do you update that? Yeah, exactly. Well, Listen, not everything. We we don't have to I'm not saying nostalgia needs to be the only form of entertainment and everything must be rebooted. But I'm saying it's a useful tool to to make something new and build upon something else. Yeah, I mean you don't have to go into minstrel shows and and bring a new take on it. I mean, uh, you know, I I would probably advise against it. Uh, in that case. You know what was good? Uh, the Brady Bunch movie that was made in the 90s. <laughs> sure. So it was like the family from the 60s, you know, that super wholesome family. Those exact characters are like dropped off in the 90s and you've got, you know, the the punk rockers in, outside, the people swearing on the road, the, the, the corruption, the... You know the denigration of society happening all throughout the the this, the the town, and but the family are like super innocent, so it was a pretty well done adaptation. Yeah, that's a that's a, a great point. It's a shame it's a twenty year old uh, product that we have to go back to to say this is a good example. But uh, but yeah, that's a great point because it's uh, it was a, a different take. It wasn't just redoing the same stories. It was coming. It was building upon that foundation. And if they made a new movie about a a kitschy 70s family in modern america we probably wouldn't have responded to it as well as if you know as we did knowing the brady bunch characters yeah but that was a that was a fish out of water story which was really fun to see which is less a story about brady bunch and more a story about plucking this nice innocent family from the 60s and putting them into modern 90s yeah it wasn't much i mean it was a reboot but not not exactly that's an interesting way of of doing something with a nostalgic Mm -hmm. property i wouldn't say that that's necessarily like a nostalgic uh, show itself you could also do like the reverse like like make a a brady bunch movie taking place in the 60s as the original show was but show it um with like all the like the the riots and the the, you know like shit happening that that was not vietnam and all that shit yeah yeah so show a little bit of the vietnam and the uh, the atlanta riots and the fires and that sort of thing everything brady bunch was trying to get the people to forget about Mm. yeah Yeah. like just and you could you could even you could even do that with just like one insert with every single episode with just the dad sitting down looking at the headlines and just being like huh race riots and then turns around well, anyway, Alice, what's for dinner? And then just like not even address it and just move on. Just just paying a little bit of lip service to the the culture of the time and the and the headlines and the news stories. That would be really interesting to see Brady Bunch like that. Write that pilot, Rucka. Yeah, I would I'm watch. On Ch- it. 
I think that'd be a fascinating, and it's making a cultural statement too about yeah. the 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 show of the time. You know, it's a honestly, of the show. it's it, it was done all through the '90s, um, not with the Brady Bunch franchise, but like movies about the, what the '60s were really like. Fuck that! I'm, I'm fucking fed up with that shit. <laughs> you, you turned on your idea so quickly. Yeah, True. immediately, immediately. <laughs> no, but like the the contrast would show like the Brady Bunch family dealing with that shit. So I guess, yes, I'm back on that side. <laughs> it is a good idea. Oh, great. Okay. Wow. Listen, when did this become about me and the Brady Bunch? Do you guys have really your little debate and been. figure out if yeah. nostalgia is good? I guess once you started talking about Brady Bunch, it became about you and the Brady Bunch. Good point. Mike, yeah. I, I imagine Mikey's the type of person. Really, are you a Brady Bunch boy, Mikey? Yeah. You like Brady Bunch? I, I knew it. I knew you liked Brady yeah. Bunch. I love a good theme song. If I'm brought in, you know, or it'll wrap me into it. Like yeah, Family Matters is one yeah. another one that I really like. Yeah. Very similar yeah. to Brady Bunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brady Bunch came from an era where they were still linking up sitcoms with like huge songs and huge yeah. hits and they were trying to break away as artists and you know, you had the uh what was that show? The, the monkeys. monkeys. Hey, hey, we're the monkeys. Yeah. yeah. Which I, I heard an interesting story. Oh, what were we going to say, Alan? Well, I'm saying this is fun, right? It's fun to, to talk about old shows, right? It's fun to be nostalgic about them. Remember? You got to bring cynicism. We're all having fun, Maddox. Then you got to... But we're all, fun we're all having fun remembering good things, and we're not yeah. making any more good things. Yeah, that's yeah. the problem. Yeah, people, good uh, point. The people just need like uh, this generation just never grew up and assumes that whatever was on TV when we were kids is like the gold standard, and kids today just don't fucking get it, and it's just it's kind of stupid. Like fucking move on. Well, yeah. Well, a lot of the stuff we watched as kids, you know, if you like go back and watch. You know, I don't know, He-Man. It's mm-hmm. dreadful. Yeah. You know, like, I, I, or try and watch the original My Little Pony. Just try and sit through it. You're yes. going to have a really hard time. So a lot of that is also when people say, oh, it's ruined my childhood, this new thing. One, it's not for you. It's for kids. And two, it wasn't that great to begin with. Mm-hmm. Oof. True. Yeah, well, that's that may be the case uh, with a lot of these these reboots and nostalgic properties. Um, I will say something that, that totally holds up, even I would say is even better. It's aged like wine. Is an old show I saw on Cartoon Network when it first launched, and they didn't really have programming. It was basically, first of all, the original Space Ghost. Coast, uh, oh, sure, sure. The original Space Ghost cartoons were incredible. Uh, they're so bonkers. Um, Justice League, the original Justice League cartoons uh, that they still show on Boomerang are brilliant. They are 15 minutes long, and in 15 minutes, I they will have so many plot points. They'll they'll get up to like plot point Q or Z. <laughs> and they'll go back in time. They'll be stuck underground. They'll be going to ancient Egypt. They'll go to New Orleans. They'll go to outer space. They'll go into the future. They'll go to the Legion of Doom headquarters. They'll go to the Justice League headquarters. And this is all happening in 15 minutes. It is exhausting and it's a breakneck pace and I fucking love it. And then with something that doesn't quite hold up especially culturally is Johnny Quest. Now I yeah. love Johnny Quest. I love the theme song. I love the weird like it's more like a serious Scooby Doo. Mm-hmm. But I watched it again recently, and they have episodes where they'll go to Vietnam, and uh, Doctor Quest uh, is staying in like a hotel or something, and he opens up his shutters and he looks outside and he goes, "Ah, Vietnam, so beautiful yet so sinister." And uh, <laughs> he's just wow. like, "Yeah," and he just leaves it there. I'm like, "Huh." Is there something sinister about <laughs> Vietnam? What are you saying here? Because that that came from an era where we had just come off the heels of a war with Vietnam. So it was 
you know, paying uh, paying reverence to that. So, so let's talk about uh, so Johnny Quest, for example, is something that doesn't hold up. Yeah. Uh, nostalgia for Johnny Quest brought out, say, a show like Venture Brothers, which is right. not a reboot of that, but nostalgic towards shows of that type, and it's a new spin on it, and it's something that's well received. Now, I'm glad you mentioned that, Alan, because this is this leads me to the next point I wanted to make, which is you talked about the hero's journey. Sure. And for those who aren't familiar, the hero's journey is a classic structure of uh, of storytelling. Yeah, we Hollywood types, we know hero's journey. Yeah, there's basically like, you know, if you really want to break it down, there's like 15 different plots, basically, every movie falls into. Uh, do you want to explain what the hero's journey is? Uh, no, I, I don't. I don't really know it that well. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Okay, Mikey, let's, let's I want to fucking do it. it. Yeah. What's, what's the I hero's journey? Oh, oh, you don't either. Yeah. Fucking Mikey. <laughs> okay. So the hero's journey, there's a there's a number of different hero's journeys, but basically there's um, there's one where he's out to retrieve something, a lost item. He's out to redeem himself. He's out to save someone or something. And basically it's the same type of plots that we keep seeing over and over and over again. Uh, Die Hard. Die Hard is an example, I think, of the hero's journey where he's out to redeem himself and also save the day. So there are all these like classic structures for storytelling. One in particular that worked really well from the 50s and 60s was The Twilight Zone. Now, today, we have a show that is very similar to The Twilight Zone called Black Mirror, except it's new. It's a new property, mm-hmm. new stories, new storytelling, and they don't rely on the crutch of nostalgia to sell that show. And guess what? Mm. They succeeded with a plum. What, Rucka? <laughs> what, what is Black Mirror like? Black Mirror. <laughs> so I'm glad you asked. Someone made a comic recently that's going viral on the internet. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a guy who's never seen Black Mirror. And he's, he decided to create a webcomic on what he thinks Black Mirror is. And it's basically a guy who walks up to his computer, and his computer says, you're actually the computer, and I'm the human. And the guy goes, oh, no, this sucks. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's basically it. It's what basically, it's like, it's, it's like Twilight Zone. I'll give you an example. Yeah. Well, uh, so Black Mirror, I, I would say Black Mirror is not nostalgic for Twilight Zone. It's its its, its own thing. But you, you want to talk about something on Netflix that is nostalgic, but is its own thing. We'll talk about Stranger Things. That is uh, nostalgic for a certain tone of... Uh, uh, really? Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> That's what I say to Stranger Things. Okay. Everyone loved it, and I know I'm in the minority here. Again, another... Mi- I'm, I'm a minority again on the show. You are a minority. Yeah. Um, oh. Remember when there weren't so many Armenians? <laughs> you know what, Rucka? Um, uh, what are the characters like in Black Mirror? Because so I'll give you an example of a Black Mirror episode. It, it's a brilliant commentary and satire of our modern oh, life. Oh boy, and modern it sounds culture. not condescending at all. Go uh, ahead. What, yeah, well, what, what it, unlike everything you fucking say, everything comes out of your mouth <laughs> condescending. What, what? Let's hear it. Yeah. So Black Mirror, a, a perfect example of an episode. Um, they and we're not too far off from this. They live in a future that could be maybe five to ten years from now, Uh-oh. where currency is likes. Likes on Facebook and okay. social media is currency, and it it is in very many ways. Oh yeah, like yeah. How does that create wealth to to hit a like? I mean, are you kidding me? So why why do people pay for followers on Twitter and Instagram? Okay, if it yeah. If there's so no that, cur- there's so no that's one way to grow a brand, but like that's currency. Like, okay, I'll, I'll, grow, I'll grow a banana and then you leave a like. Okay, follow me. I guess me. that would be good currency. Uh, okay, okay, <laughs> okay. Anyway, how about following it doesn't me for sound a second. Anything like the Twilight Zone? <laughs> it's it's similar to the you Twilight Zone. You don't even know what the fuck that, the Twilight yes, Zone I do. is. I'm a big fan of the Twilight Zone. Oh yeah, then tell me. Tell me. It creates an alternate universe. Like for example, in Twilight Zone, a classic episode is where there's that really beautiful 
woman who goes under surgery uh-huh. and her face is eye all the covered beholder. up. Yeah, I have the beholder. Yeah, yeah, thank you. And then uh, her face is covered up at the end and you reveal it and she's this beautiful, you know, what we consider beautiful woman. Yeah. And everyone else in the world is pig-faced. And so she's the ugly one. Everyone, <laughs> That's so deep. Okay. It, I'm not saying it's deep fuck There's face. A I'm lot just giving of you an example. The, um, what, what it is that comes to mind when I think of the Twilight Zone is not, oh, what happened? Like the magic and all the weird shit. It's that the characters were... Um, There were a lot of very proud, upstanding characters that were pursuing something. You had men that were men, but they would find themselves in an empty city or they would find themselves in a weird situation where the universe is turned against them. Like there was the guy who he went off to space and he falls in love with a girl the day before he leaves or the day he leaves, hours before he leaves. And she puts herself to sleep for 40 years so that she can be young when he returns, but he stays up for those 40 years so he'll be as old as she is when he returns. That's what the Twilight Zone brings to mind is the the pursuit of values, the passion of people that are not cynical pieces of shit like today's writers who want a you know, real, real social satire about how we're going to like each other's status as a form of currency. So, shut the fuck up, everyone. Yeah, right. that's a, that was also a satire about space travel and the the fears and the worries that people had about space no, travel. No, you yeah, buffoon. I feel like I'm in a fucking uh, Twilight Zone episode, episode with a 40 year de- description of one fucking episode. It was not about space travel. It was about both of them. It was about the the pro- uh, the guy at the end tells the guy he goes, I I can't believe I know someone who put such primacy to love that he would stay up for 40 years so that he can be the same age as the girl he loves when he returns. Like that's. It was not about space travel and social satire and we're, we're liking each other's statuses too much. Well, it can be, fuckface. Oh it doesn't God. have to be all or you nothing. You are what's wrong with Hollywood. You are what's wrong with Hollywood. <laughs> Me? You're wrong. What's wrong with this episode? <laughs> okay. <Burn. Yeah>. No. <laughs> no, hey. I'll, I'll tell you what, though. Yeah. Black Mirror, though, that's one element. That's one aspect of Black Mirror. Another what? one what uh, one from the... From, uh, well, I don't want to give away too much of the new season. I'm, right. I, I don't think spoilers like ruin ruin series and stuff like that. But it is a pretty so, well done show and a good series. And that's a way of the of doing the Twilight Zone structure. Which Twilight Zone, by the way, has lots of different types of storytelling, lots of different story arcs, and lots of different elements. But Black Mirror, I think, does uh, takes that and does something new with it. So you're saying uh, Black Mirror stands on the shoulders of Twilight Zone without. Uh being nostalgic to it it's it's its own thing it's its own thing absolutely and for a modern age yeah i agree with you uh that uh black mirror is uh is its own thing let the record record state let the rucka state (laughs) that uh that alan agreed with me write it down will you write that down rucka make sure and then writing it down right now with my paper and pen (laughs) which is our form of uh communication that doesn't mean that nostalgia has no value it just meant that they made a show that was its own original thing there yeah, uh, but, but I, I would say that that show has exceeded Twilight Zone because it is for a modern generation. Twilight Zone, a lot of the episodes had to do with uh, war, World War II, and a, a lot of episodes had to do with soldiers yeah. and clowns and weird it's things. A specific and, time and place. Yeah, specific time no, and place. No, that's not what they were about. They take place in all types of time zones and uh, eras. The, well, the point well, is the characters are... Um, pursuing something the the character you keep talking always you keep i don't know about always but that's kind of the theme there uh it's it's romantic art you're talking about plot every every second plot 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 i'm talking about the fact it even has a plot but then that the characters are pursuing something that's something you don't see anymore today everybody's cynical like you and they create garbage i'm not cynical and i don't create garbage (laughs) you're not cynical at all (laughs) not maddox (laughs) i mean maybe maybe a little bit but 
in a charming way. Okay. Oh, yeah. I haven't, how, I haven't yeah. watched Black Mirror, so I'm not going to shit on it. I'm just going to... Uh, <laughs> You've make... been doing that for the last five yeah, minutes. You've been shitting on it nonstop. No, because if you're referring to Twilight Zone, what make, what made the Twilight Zone the Twilight Zone is not the fucking space travel. It was the... Um, it were it were the characters. It was the um, it was the type of art that it was. Well, the, the it, both can exist in a in a show, in a series, in a in a sitcom, in any of these things. Like for example, in Black Mirror, one one of the characters' motives in the episode specifically, where she's able to get likes. You know, likes is a form mm-hmm. of currency. Where they check, it's basically not just likes. It's it's basically like everybody has their own personal review. So it's taking uh, this concept of Yelp. And applying it to humans. And guess what, fuckface? It's already happened with uh, Lulu, that that website. Remember a couple years back? Yeah, there was this uh, website, that uh, this app that uh, that women created to rate men. And sure. it was very controversial because everyone was like, go fuck yourselves. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be rated on some fucking app. I don't want people talking shit about me and rating and reviewing me. And basically, that was opening the door just a little bit. To this dark future that Black Mirror took us to, and Black Mirror okay. lived in this universe where people are rated with their social standing, their you know their likes online, and that still currency. that still doesn't speak to the point about the Twilight Zone, in which the characters were characters. They well, were you followed value driven. Every show that I watch these days, the characters are no more complex or value driven than your average porno character. They are just <laughs> lifeless guys. And women with no personal values whatsoever. Uh, yes. Come, come on, I write television. Okay. Uh, Other than Sonic uh, 2018. Sonic Boom. Yeah. And listen, you know, honestly, 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 kids shows today are better than the what the the crap that they dish for adults. Kids today are where you should go for something remote. Kids movies, remotely, remotely. Um, artistic remotely worth the time of day to watch like a disney movie today that's the only place because kids today are not as cynical as without mentioning any names adults and kids today (laughs) they won't stand for the garbage that they market to adults kids today they want a story they want a hero they want to see an adventure they don't just want to sit through garbage like adults sit through are you fucking kidding me look at all the fucking uh, frozen elsa youtube videos like billions of billions that's youtube videos that's not uh hollywood and who's watching those are are adults watching them you're watching it you're probably (laughs) jacking off sick fuck Okay, the okay, the only reason that pornography or whatever it is exists is because of the Hollywood movies, because of the Disney movies that put that Spider-Man and Elsa in in our vocabulary. What are you talking about? Pornography exists so people can rub one out. You know what I mean when I refer to the YouTube videos, the uh, Elsa and Spider-Man running after each other in the house. You're, and yeah. you're saying that that's garbage. I'm saying the only reason we know who those characters are because of the Disney movies. I think I think kids are in many ways like cats. Uh, you can give it. You can buy. Yeah. Go to the store, buy a cat a nice fancy toy, True. and you yeah. bring it home. And it, what does the cat want to play with? The bag that it came in. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. kids are like that. They'll play with a fucking plastic bag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hot take. Maddox doesn't think highly of children. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, I think that if you watch Black Mirror, you might really enjoy it. Right I now. might. So this girl, the the girl in this episode, where uh, you know everybody's rated with their, you know, they have their different likes and their ratings, like Yelp. She just wants to get to a wedding. And what happens along the way is somebody rates her poorly because she was rude to a delivery guy, and he gave her one star. And that just bumped her rating below 3.6 or something like that. And you need like a 3.7 to buy a, a one-way uh, same-day bus fare or something like that. And the lady wouldn't sell it to her. She said, uh, I don't know, your review's too low. 
And she's like, well, it just happened this morning. Can you fucking sell me one now? And she loses her temper, right? And then she goes, no, and you're being rude to me. Boom, lowered her rating a little bit more. And then now this girl's like, oh, I'm so sorry. And she's kissing ass. And it shows how phony and fake people can be online. Whoa. This is... Never thought of it that way, but I guess you're right. Why are you Why are you so... You're the cynical No, one. that's the point. This show is cynical. It's garbage. Yeah, that's what we're all going to do. We're going to start fucking... Uh, we're you, already hey, doing hey, it. Hey, can I, can, I get, can I borrow 10 bucks? No? Okay, I'm rating you down. Who the fuck would sign up for that stupid app? People do that manipulative shit all the fucking time. If you go to a restaurant and you don't like the service, even if someone was a little bit snippy to you, mm-hmm. you rate them one star because of one server's mistakes. You right. hurt their business. And that's what's happening today in this day and age. That's mm-hmm. why it's such a... Uh, it's such a prescient piece of art. I think it's so it, it resonates with so many people. And you're dismissing it wholly without no, even think, watching it. Yeah, look, there is a point that if if we all put so much emotional stock, so many eggs in the basket of social media that it it couldn't get to it can get to a point where we're all threatening to dislike each other's Instagram picture or whatever it is you're you're rating as a as an entity if if people don't do what you want. But I don't know. The show just sounds condescending in that respect, but I'll watch it. Maybe it's just you that's the condescending one. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. You're, you're the condescending. Yeah, Black Mirror, more like Black Rucka. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. we can all agree, or uh, everyone who's watched Black Mirror can agree that it's a it's a valid show. I yeah. like the show. Yeah. Uh, it's I'm not a, I'm not a huge fanboy, but uh, I do want to get back to Stranger Things because sure. this is an interesting yeah. one. Yeah, because it does it does take this nostalgic era, and they're kind of telling a new story in yes. this era, right? Uh, I, which I think is a positive thing. Uh, it takes a feeling that that everyone remembers and kind of puts a new modern spin on it, and. Uh, and and it seems very well received. It's <laughs> <laughs> not an argument. I know, but it's fu- but isn't it fun? Isn't that isn't that your argument? Isn't it fun uh, to remember these nice things? Mike, yeah. Mikey, do you like Stranger Things? Did you watch it? I watched a few episodes. I wasn't. I'm not too into it though. Yeah, I think here's the here's my problem with Stranger Things. This you know they, this device that they took of the '80s. Remember the '80s? Oh, remember that poster? Oh, remember that song? Uh, remember how people used to be? And then they just like told this weird sci-fi story that didn't have to be in the 80s. You could pluck that story and put it in any era, the 90s, the 60s, the 50s, whenever. I, I uh, To a degree. I mean, it, it was very 80s in that, uh, you know, the kids were out unsupervised and unable to contact their parents and everything. Like, it was it, it was a specific place for the story that, that led to plot devices. Are you kidding but, me? Did you ever watch Leave it to Beaver or Dennis the Menace? Uh, that kid was always getting into trouble. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, don't those take place in the 50s? In the 50s, exactly. Yeah. So I'm saying, like, you could take that same device and say, okay, these kids are unsupervised. Like, Dennis the Menace, always getting into Mr. Wilson's yeah. flower pot. Yeah. So why why are you see, letting him have that? Doesn't that make your point that kids used to be less supervised? I, well, yeah, I, I'm saying that, that there's a reason why that story doesn't work in, in modern day and why they chose to make it a period piece. They chose the 80s because it needed uh, a space. Fucking Huckleberry Finn. He was an unsupervised kid. <laughs> yeah, on. look, I think um, the the Stranger Things, from what I gather, is like a, it's like a genre th- piece, right? It's like a it's like a period sure. piece. It's a period piece. Yeah, it's like it, it the has Goonies, a feeling, right? Yeah, it's like it Goonies. has a feeling. It is the Goonies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the Goonies. Exactly. Good point. So I I feel like that's lazy, and I hate it when they do that. When they just pluck this old song from the eighties, and Guardians of the Galaxy did the same fucking thing. It's like, hey, isn't it cool to juxtapose this? 
song from the 70s in space. Whoa. And everyone's, it's the laziest fucking jerk off thing that Hollywood does. And they love it. They love it. They did it in Borderlands. They did it in Metal Gear Solid. They do it in Guardians of the Galaxy. They love to play these old songs and juxtapose it with like a futuristic thing. Like, oh, cool. Yeah, but it's old, but it's, it's anachronistic. I hate that shit. So the ending of Guardians of the Galaxy didn't make you feel anything? Yeah, it made me feel bored and oh. and uh, and regret that I oh, spent okay. the money to watch that movie. Oh, That's what I felt. Wow. Bored and regret, and then I got the uh, penis pangs. You know, pangs of pain in my penis. Like I was like, <laughs> Wait, ah. what? Yeah, just it, it, pangs of regret. <laughs> I, I felt them all throughout my body. Tingles of regret. Okay, that's what I felt. Was, was I, I mean, you're the you're the first person I've met who actively dislikes Stranger Things. Um, you know, I won't even say I dislike it. I just think that it's uh, it's neither good nor bad. It's very meh. Oh, that's you know, my. Review. I hate the forty-minute shows. I don't like that at all. I like fifteen-minute shows because I think uh, you can get a lot. Done. Adult Swim's got some great stuff. You don't have the attention span for longer shows. I do, but it has to be good. Like a lot of, it's like they try to make it forty minutes now, like keeping up with Game of Thrones. Pop a titty out every once in a while. <laughs> it's kind of just annoying to me that I I have to catch up to everyone. Like, yeah, it's oh, homework. Wow. Yeah, I, homework, I add it all. It? Yeah, it feels like homework. So yeah. I wish more shows would come out. And if you're gonna make it 40 minutes, make it worth it. You know what I mean. Yeah. And if it's not, squeeze it down to a 30 minute show. You know what I mean. Yeah, that's cut that shit out. I can cut it, it, it out. <laughs> Get out of here. Hey, nostalgia. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, the Gibbler you gang. You don't watch Gibbler now, do you? No, I don't know what you're no? talking. I don't that, know what that's, that's a Full House. Dave oh, Coulier. Is it full House. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I thought it was uh, MC Hammer. Too legit. No. <laughs> Probably is. Completely different hand motion. Yeah. Mm. We got the Gibbler gang in-house this episode. Well, Alan, this has been interesting. I'm going to give you the the closing arguments for why nostalgia is not a problem and uh, why this is kind of overblown. The fears are overblown. Go ahead and uh, close this out. Well, uh, I, I believe that nostalgia is a useful tool that in the hand of responsible and creative people can lead to good products that are take something that we're familiar with and then add to them. And I, I believe that uh, that it isn't a bad thing to try. And there's a lot of failures out there, but I would prefer that people try and fail than not try at all. Okay, fair enough. Now is your chance to vote at madcastmedia.com. Vote on which side of the debate you, you find more persuasive. If you think that nostalgia is ruining television, vote for me. If you don't, vote for Alan, and we'll have the results next week. But before we move on to the results from last week, Rucka, do you have a wrap-up for us? Yeah. Um... <clears throat> there was a moment in the first episode of Fuller House when, <laughs> hey, uh, just so you know, there is no, no, not a peep, not a laugh, nothing. This is the Rucka wrap-up. Nobody exists. Yeah. Uh, technically, that was me, but we, no more. No more. You're laughing. None of that. There was a moment in the first episode of Fuller House when they stop what they're doing and someone says something like, oh, where's Michelle? And th- someone made some joke about how the Olsen twins didn't show up for the reboot. Like, oh, she had to be in New York, whatever. Some some, some cringy joke. And everyone stops. The whole cast of the show, they stop and they look at the camera. Yeah. Okay, Mikey, I'm love so you, sorry. but you're, you're talking. You're literally talking right now. They all stop and they look at the camera. And the audience is, woo, they're on fire. And it just stops for like 10, 15, 20 seconds of just breaking that fucking fourth wall and they're all looking at the camera and you realize today's producers, they don't have the soul 
to recreate something like Full House. They don't have it. They're condescending. Like in that same episode, DJ Tanner tells her little son, I don't want you listening to music with bad words. And the kid says, but mom, I already know all the bad words. But poop and Trump. <laughs> it's so... They're, they would never put that shit in the in the old full house. That's so fucking condescending. That's like something Maddox would write into a show. And that's why I don't trust Animaniacs to be true to the original. I think they're going to fucking destroy it and ruin it. It's a rucker wrap up. Okay, fuckface. And here the straw man argument sounds. How's that a straw man? Well, it's I would not put that fucking I, I look, I agree that, that that's a shitty cheese dick joke, that Trump joke they threw in there. It's just so hackneyed and and uh, and and uh, lazy that they threw that in there. I'm not I, I'm not even a Trump guy. What Mike, you're giving me a look. Wait, like, you're oh. not? No, I hate, oh, okay. I hate Trump. All right. But that shit is just so hack. And yeah, you're you're uh, you're right. Like it does um it doesn't have the soul that it originally did. The original full house would have never broken the fourth wall. It, it took itself seriously. Wow. Yeah. See, I yeah. told you you're a fan. No, you're I'm not a Gibbler head. I'm not a. I'm not a Gibbler gang. I'm not a Gibbler gang. I'm not. Yeah. But I, you know, at the very least, I can say the original Full House took itself seriously. These original sitcoms took themselves seriously. It's not wink, wink. Hey, remember this shit? Yeah. It's kind of like when Troma. I'm a big fan of Troma movies. Troma, you know the uh, sure. Tra- yeah, yeah. Tra- Troma team movies. They created Toxic Crusader. And a lot of these like classic uh, B movies from the '80s and '90s, and then at some point, the people working at Trauma kind of realized why the campiness of their own product, and they started leaning into it and and intentionally creating camp for the reason to create a, a you know just for the purpose of creating a bad a bad movie or a bad series, and that's what kind of ruined some of the movies, the Trauma movies that came out at that time. Yeah, too self aware. Yeah, it became too self aware, and that's what I don't mm-hmm. like about the, some of these reboots too. Okay, so uh, good good little uh, argument right at the end. But we should move on to a recap of last week's debate. Last week we debated how likely do you think it will be for our predictions to come true. And with 59% of the vote, unlikely. But mostly because of any non-Maddox predictions. That's what people voted for. <laughs> Those were the, the options were that, and then the other one was very likely, especially Maddox. And uh, people voted mm. wrong, incorrectly. We'll see, fuckfaces. Mm. All right. We'll see. We'll see what happens one year from now when we have a recap of this year's predictions. Uh, and then we asked the other question, which is, does Jesse P.S., he's, he was our guest on, he has a show on this network called Cringe vs. Cringe, mm-hmm. does Jesse P.S. deserve a promotion? And with 66% of the vote, yes! Hey! Hey! Congratulations. So next time Jesse comes on the show, next time we have him on any of these shows, uh, the bonus episode, which, by the way, is available now. It's uh, finally available on iTunes and Amazon and madcastmedia.com. Jesse is on the most recent one. Next time he's on a show on this on this network, we're going to give him a promotion. Nice. Wow. We'll, we will honor that. He um, deserves it. He's yeah, he deserves it. It's very magnanimous of you. Well, he earned it. He earned it uh, according to the votes. But uh, coming up in uh, just a minute, we'll do some headlines with Mikey Bolts. Mm-hmm. But I want to play some voicemail first. Here's some voicemail we got last week about our predictions, uh, specifically one that I made last year in 2017. I predicted that someone will have died in VR, and I thought that it didn't come true, but listen to this caller. Hey, Maddox, it's Christian, the real Christian atheist. And I want to let you know, um, you said you got two predictions right last time. You actually got three because someone did die in VR. This guy uh, (laughs) had a VR headset on, and... He fell through a glass table and died. You can look it up. It's true. No. Bye. Yeah. So I Jesus. did. Uh huh. I did look it up, and this is according to PCGamer.com. 
Man dies in VR accident, reports Russian news agency. A 44-year-old Moscow resident died after falling through a glass table while wearing a virtual reality headset, reports Russian news agency TASS. That's not dying in VR. <clears throat> yeah. That's, I don't, that's dying while VR. Well, dying what, while VR. What, what, what did you? What was the spirit of your prediction? What did you think would happen? I, I said that someone would die during VR, in VR, like mm. while having a VR experience. Ah, like what a do you think? Walking, walking walking into a table. Do you yeah. feel like that was in the spirit of your prediction? Mm. This is the will. We may have to. Uh, this is contentious. I I want to give it to you. Yeah. Okay. Alan says yes. Rucka says no. Mike, you're the tiebreaker. Is this does this count as my prediction coming true? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That sounds like a yes. Yes. Uh, it says according to pre preliminary information, while moving around the apartment in virtual reality glasses, the man tripped and crashed into a glass table, suffered wounds, and died on the spot from a loss of blood. <sighs> said Yulia Ivanova, senior assistant to the head of Russian investigative committee's main Moscow department, according to TASS. The report does not include details about the type of VR headset the man was using or what he was using it for. Just one way to die. Yeah, one way to die. But anyway, this guy this guy died with a head VR headset on. I think it may count. Yeah. At but least he didn't die in vain. He helped your prediction come true. That's mm -hmm. true. There's something. Anyway, here's another call we got. This is a call for Rucka mm. about a prediction I made about Trump. Because I predicted in 2018, Trump would be held accountable for the things he's done. Listen to this. Yeah, this uh, voicemail is there for Rucka. Uh, when Maddox was doing his uh, prediction that Trump will be held accountable for his actions in 2018, and you had to put up a fuss about it he didn't he didn't fucking say held accountable for his actions as president he just said held accountable for his actions so specifics don't fucking matter your opinion doesn't fucking matter fucking nazi or something yeah fucking nazi or something what do you say about that Rocco? i think i was asking you held accountable f by whom well by whom but he was saying specifically for what? And I gave you an example of uh, Trump University's uh, shit, which he was held accountable for. And the next thing may be the sexual assault stuff, which is not seeming to go away. I think what do you the mean women... not, what, what thing isn't going away? Okay. <laughs> if you read any news stories, any news outlets, even these like, you know, biased, idiotic ones. Yeah. They do occasionally report things that's going on in the world. Ooh. Specifically, oh, with are you referring Trump. to the, the pro Trump media that's just everywhere? Yeah. They really they just I'm not saying it's they pro Trump. They, they just give him such a such a pass all the time. Well, all Trump does is is pay attention to pro Trump media because he's a biased shithead. He Watch doesn't listen Maddox. to I'm not digging that meta. Oh, oh shit! I forgot. Okay, I still I don't. Forgot. Sorry, I'm sorry, President Trump. He's always sitting in the corner. I, I forget he's sitting on the stool sometimes. Yeah, President you know, Trump. I'm sorry I offended you. Do you? But it did just, more than that, Maddox. Well, I didn't. It just seems from an outsider that you just pay attention to news that is very favorable to you. Is that true? Of course it is. <laughs> well, then I you just bolstered my case. What do you have to say? We have Trump in in studio. Rucka, what do you have to say about that? I didn't bring up what Trump watches or what where he gets his news from. Well, okay, so there's and and Trump, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but there is a growing uh, cabal of women who have made uh, who've, who've claimed that Donald Trump has sexually assaulted them. Really? Yes. I had no wrong. idea. At least five or six. That's when? wrong. Don't, wrong. It happened all throughout his career. You know, he, he even admitted to one essentially. When he would walk into, uh, I guess this isn't sexual assault, but he said he would use the his presidency of the uh, Miss Universe. Miss Universe, yeah. yeah, the Miss Universe pageant 
as an excuse to walk in while they were undressed, and he yeah, would just take a look at everyone. He'd, he'd make comments about their breasts. It's very slimy. Yeah. And so this guy, and then there's multiple, he's cheated on his wives in the past. He's not a stand-up character. When you say he'll be held accountable, what do you mean? Like, who's going to hold him accountable and These how? These women, they may hold him accountable. They may take him to court. They may, you know, he may uh, he may get impeached. Who knows? For walking into the locker room back in the Miss Universe pageant? He may be held accountable for that, yes. but he By whom and how? I just told you. I literally just said it. Are Tell you- me. Describe what happens when he's held accountable. Technically, he's being held accountable by you talking about him. Well, it no, it depends on the crime. Like, for example, Trump University, he had uh-huh. to, you know, there's a big settlement because he scammed all those people out of money. Yeah, wasn't that, like, before he was even president? That's the point the caller was making, Rucka. Oh, thank, I really, thank you so much mm. for explaining it to me. Yeah, that's yeah. the point oh, he was okay. making. Okay, yes. Yeah. So when you yeah. predicted uh-huh. he'll be held accountable, yes. what the fuck did you mean? <laughs> like, I just gave you an example. You the keep bringing assault. up shit that he already sexual had to assault. pay his way for he before he was president. He hasn't paid, he hasn't been held accountable for the sexual assault stuff. So how is he going to be held accountable? He may lose his fucking job. I don't fucking really? know, Rucka. Is that what happens when you're president? You lose your job yeah, you for shit you did walking into the locker room before Sometimes. you were president? Sometimes. Possibly. Name yeah. one time. Possibly. Look, uh, fucking, it, it, I'll name like 10 times. Yeah. Um, uh, Alan Moore... What, what's that guy? The, the um, Watchman? Ro- no, Roy Moore. Roy, oh, Roy, Roy Moore, Moore uh-huh. didn't get elected in Alabama because that shit stuck with him because the the allegations that were made about him, he didn't get his job. Uh, what's his name? The uh, the liberal. Doug Jones? Uh, no, Doug, not Doug Jones. Al Franken? Al Franken. Al Franken stepped down because of sexual allegations okay. against him. The, the Roy Moore one makes no sense at all because he was never elect he wasn't elected but yeah, exactly the Al, he was the Al Franken one sounds there's an example you could have just answered my question. Plain and simple by saying, look what happened to Al Franken. Yeah, Al Franken and said he had that. To and I, resign. Did, I said the same thing with Trump Donald will Trump. Be- same exact fucking thing with Donald Trump. A- am, I, am I wrong, Donald? You're on thin ice, Maddox. <laughs> <laughs> oh, better watch out. Trump might call me fat and short on But uh, how on is he going to be held accountable, though? He might lose his job. He might get impeached. Well, Al Franken resigned. He didn't. He didn't really lose his job. Oh well, he? yeah. Given the choice of uh, resigning or getting uh, removed forcibly, he wasn't remo- taking a taking a pension or you, or, you don't know if he would be removed. Yeah, well, no one is a uh, outside of you on the show. Yeah. No one can predict the actual future or claims to. But he <laughs> he stood the the risk of we losing his job. We had a prediction job. episode yeah. last week, and you're saying no one but me pr- makes predictions. No, but. Okay, this is... Well, Al Franken, there was a lot of pressure on him to resign, which yeah. is why he resigned. Right. Uh, he didn't have okay. to, but he could have been Let me removed. rephrase your prediction so yeah. that uh. we, so everyone knows what you mean. When you say um, uh, Trump will finally be held accountable, you mean like he just, like the stars will align and the, the, the election will be undone and overturned and finally you'll get your way because you, you, you your girl Hillary didn't win for once. <laughs> uh, no, that had nothing to do. So right. many straw man arguments. I fucking hate it. Um, here's another call. <laughs> here's another call from uh, a guy. So I got I got blasted. I got my ass blasted last week, Alan, because some caller called in and made fun of me. T- dared call me out for still playing Pokemon Go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen to this. Hey, Lord Maddox. This is the caller call out for that uh, Pokemon Go douchebag from last week. You know, uh, despite playing Pokemon Go and other Pokemon games for. 10 years of my life, uh, being 21, my balls will still manage to drop, unlike yours. Anyway, it's called having fun. Mm. Try doing it sometime. Yeah. Yeah. It's called having fun. Yeah. 
All you haters. Well, the guy said he's been playing Pokemon Go for 20 years. Yeah, and his balls still managed to drop well, Pokemon somehow. Go is only a year old, so how can he been playing it 20 years uh, ago? I think he said Pokemon, not he just said Pokemon, Pokemon Go. Go. Well, yeah. I think he meant to say Pokemon. Well, we don't care what you mean. We care what you do. <laughs> All right? Uh, here's another caller. So I made another prediction last uh, for, for the new year that Taco Bell may create a burger taco, which is a taco with a burger patty for a shell. And I got this. Sounds I got pretty the, good. What's that? Sounds pretty good. See, oh, there you go. You got your first customer, Alan. <laughs> so I, I got in an argument with a guy on, on Facebook. He's like, oh, Maddox. Well, what's the difference if they're just putting beef in the taco? Mm. Like, isn't that the same? Ing-? I'm like, yeah, That's idiot. It's already the same ingredients. <laughs> mm-hmm. Everything they sell is the same ingredients. <laughs> well, I mean, look at what's in a taco. You got beef, lettuce, tomatoes, cheese. What's in a burger? Beef, lettuce, Tomatoes, cheese. Mayo. That's optional. Pickles. Optional. Oh, come on. Pickles are optional? (laughs) Pickles are definitely optional, yeah. And mayo and mustard and ketchup. all optional. Ketchup is optional. Condiments. Barbecue sauce. Well, I could say sour cream, uh, salsa. Yeah, you can say those. That's what separates the the tacos from the the, hamburger. The core taco. The bun is what makes a hamburger. Exactly. Yeah. You're you're making my case for me. No, tacos are with a tortilla. Yeah. So the only difference between a taco... And a hamburger yeah. is that one has a fucking flour tortilla and the yeah. other one has a fucking flour bun. And, it's the same fucking thing. And, and a little bit pickles. of cumin. Uh, it's optional. You can't you can't hate on tacos. I'm not hating on tacos. <laughs> yeah, I don't be hating fine. on tacos. Oh, I don't hate on tacos. He's such a hater. I'm a taco eater. Yeah. You take this anti-taco <laughs> stuff out of here. This anti-taco talk. Well, <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable, we should do a, Mike, you should do a, your own podcast called Taco Talk with Mikey Bolts. Dude, yeah. I'm out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm doing it. Yeah. 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 I like tacos. Tacos are fine. But right. I'm just saying that they're going to make. I don't a remember beef. what we're arguing about. <laughs> well, uh, this caller called in saying that one of my predictions may have already come true. Listen to this. Yeah. Taco Bell already did a deep fried chicken taco. It was called the Naked Chicken Taco, and the shell was made out of chicken. And it was stuffed with lettuce, and it was fucking delicious. Maddox is talking out of his fucking head. Leave Taco Bell alone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that's the same thing, but it's it's they're going on that trajectory. Hmm. I'm taking other foods and just putting other food in it. Oh, how's that for nostalgia? Yeah, <laughs> definitely, just taking a, a breaded cutlet because it's it's you know Taco Bell and KFC are the same sure. company now. They're under Yum Brands, and so K- Taco Bell's like, hey, let's just sell more fucking chicken. Let's put chicken in chicken. Yeah. And they also have uh, Pizza Hut. You know, maybe yeah. they'll make a pizza taco. It's coming. I think that already exists, actually. Oh, really? I think I've seen something something like that. Um, Here's another caller. Now, I talked about Mario Odyssey, Super Mario Odyssey. Have you played it, Alan? I haven't. I don't have a Switch. It is brilliant. You're making a mistake. You need to play <laughs> You need to. Well, well. I, okay. Uh, it, it is a brilliant game. Uh, it is amazing. It's super fun. I love it. Here's a caller. Because Rucka kind of shat on it last episode, and here's a caller calling in about that. Hey, Rucka, how do you not like Super Mario Odyssey? I mean, I'm being honest here. Like, I don't play much video games, and this is the first video game I've had probably since, like, 2008. And it is fucking fantastic. How do you not like Odyssey? You can jump around, just fool around, go anywhere you want. Mm. In New Dock City... Man, that that place is awesome. Yeah, yeah. But you just hate anything Maddox says. True. And you don't like fun. True. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. Mm. <laughs> then that's go fucking Nazi. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's not mad. He's Look, just disappointed. I've been very clear. I never got into Nintendo 64. I don't like walking. I don't like seeing the back of Mario. I only, I only like seeing him from the side. All right. Mario, uh, Rucka's a, a side and front guy. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. 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 Not even front, just the just side. Just the side, yeah. 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 <laughs> Looks a good side of Mario. Sure do. Yeah. Sonic. Now, there's a fucking side scroller that completely was bastardized by all the reboots. No, Sonic <sighs> Sonic Mania is incredible. If you guys haven't played Sonic Mania, it is back to form. It is incredible. The music is good. I had the music, the title screen on just on my computer, just playing so I could listen to the music while I walked around my house like a badass. Um, here's another <laughs> here's another caller. Um, now, a long time ago, Rucka, un- unbeknownst to me, uh, ahead of time, made a uh, t-shirt giveaway on the show, mm. <laughs> and a fan actually yeah. won it. And, it's very generous. Uh, yeah, uh, this is a call about that. Listen to this. Hey, guys, this is Oliver calling in from Japan. I've listened to every episode of the show so far, but there's one nagging question that's been bothering me. You promised a certain Australian a free t-shirt well over a year ago, but we haven't heard from him in a while. I think it's safe to say that the statute of limitations on that shirt have run out, so I'm here to claim it so it doesn't go to waste. I'll take the Maddox Star logo black shirt and extra large. Thanks. By the way, as someone who speaks Japanese, I'll set the record straight and inform you that it's pronounced Shikadir, not Sikadir. Also, the word Shika itself means deer in English, so you're really just repeating yourself. Anyways, keep up the great work for 2018. You guys are great, Rucka especially. He should write a book and deserves a promotion. See ya. Huh. Rucka deserve, should write a book and deserves it. I would like to see Rucka write a book. Oh. Yeah. Well, not not just anyone can write a book. No. No. No, actually, that's no. Not, that's true. <laughs> I got I got uh, a, friend, uh, a friend of mine from like, way, way back in the day, uh, years ago, when I wrote my first book, he was kind of like... I don't know, jealous and throwing some English at me. He's like, well, anyone could write a book. And I'm like, then fucking write one. And even his girlfriend was like, "Uh, that's not true. You can write a book. And he goes, well, I write these papers in college. That's different, shitheads. Writing a paper with one thesis in it Mm -hmm. is way different than writing an entire fucking book. Are you still friends with this guy? You know, interesting you mention. Where I mean, I wouldn't say we're not friends, but we've uh, we've kind of fallen out of touch. We don't talk as much. And, yeah. You know, well, I don't have time to write a book. I'm too busy working. Oh. <laughs> well, guess what? <laughs> Writing a book is work. Trump, you've written a book. There was a book that just came out about you yes, this week. I did. How do you like that book that just came out about you? I really like it. I, <laughs> I really, really appreciate the guy who wrote it for me. Yeah. It's a good one. He wrote it for you, huh? Do you know what it's about? Yes, me. Yeah. Mm. And you really like it. Yes. Fire and Fury. I don't have to look anywhere else. That's it's the all one, about huh? me. What do you think about Steve Bannon? It's, it's the only place I get my news. <laughs> Trump on the record saying he loves Steve Bannon. There he is. You heard it here first. Um, yes, well, sir. and last. Uh, <laughs> here's a caller. I made another prediction that the Bitcoin bubble would pop, and I knew we'd get some of these Bitcoin guys calling in. Uh, they're just, uh, listen to this. Maddox. You're an idiot. Bitcoin didn't pop. It's not going to pop. It's uh, back to 17000 after dropping to 12000 so we're back up. And, uh, yeah, Bitcoin's awesome. The reason Steam stopped accepting it was because the transaction fees were too high, which will be fixed soon. So, uh, yeah, it's just going to keep going up, buddy. I think you're wrong on that one. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, anytime you point out a problem with Bitcoin, the, the rebuttal's always like, oh, yeah, but they're going to fix it. They're gonna fix. There's nothing wrong. Nothing here. Nothing to see. They'll fix it. The thing is about Bitcoin. Look, you just said it in in this in that voicemail. It went down from 
15,000 to 12,000, and then back up to 17,000 in a week. It's volatile. That's why people don't use it as a, an acceptable form of currency yet. It's because it's fucking bonkers. So you're saying I shouldn't put my trust in made-up internet money? Yeah, well, it depends. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. You should know the risks when you invest in Bitcoin. Uh, when you when you invest in any of these cryptocurrencies or new currencies and things like that, it's fine. But it's also um, untested, unprecedented, and it's going to pop eventually. All currencies do. There's no such thing as something you can invest in that just always goes up. If there were, then there would be many, many more billionaires and millionaires. It just doesn't exist. You have to, uh, you have to, you know, right, what? Right. No, no, I agree with you. I was trying to think, you know, like yeah. gold, gold goes up, but it, it's also gone down too. Yeah, it's gold's gone up and down. I've, I, I had a friend who invested uh, heavily in gold, and I said, okay, well, let's look at the portfolio because the argument was that it always goes up. And I and I looked at him like, well, okay, it's gone down in the in the last couple of years. And when did you invest? Did you invest at this uh, low dip here, or this this high peak there? And uh, he was like, oh, the high peak. I'm like, okay, well, then you've lost money. And he's, <laughs> and he's like, well, but I'm gonna get it back. I'm like, yeah, sure. Eventually, because gold is a there's a finite supply of it, and people need it. It's likely to go back up eventually. But do you want to go back up five or ten percent over the course of thirty years? Great, you just bought a house, and sometimes houses don't appreciate. So your investment, there's no guarantee with these things. You can only you know leverage your risks and uh, hedge your bets as much as much as you can. Um, here's another caller with a correction. Listen to this. Dramatics. It's not posthumously. It's posthumously a fucking college dropout. Of the week. You know, what does me being a college dropout have to do with, by the way, it, as a math major, mm-hmm. have to do with <clears throat> pronouncing it posthumously instead of posthumously? And, and by the way, what's the point of words? Are we just trying to communicate ideas? If I say posthumously, are you completely fucking in the dark? Or do you know that I meant posthumously? Speaking of words, uh, Lenny Bruce was a really big fan of them, and he was the first and maybe only to get a posthumous pardon by the state of New York. Lenny Bruce? What mm-hmm. did he get pardon? What was he even? He was facing prison time when he killed himself. What for? Using bad words. Really? Yeah. Huh. Lenny Bruce is unlistenable. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? Lenny Bruce, the comedian with the I know. black jacket, I'm right? I'm saying he paved the way for comedians. Yeah, but I Mikey, guess. can you honestly say you listen to his routines? No, yeah. but they... See? It's a thing. Well, you, you, the there were certain moments in his routines that like are, uh, um, they translate to today. Like you can listen to them and just and like there were golden moments. And like if you watch the movie with Dustin Hoffman, it captures those best moments. Yeah. But just listening to his concerts, it's like what's he talking about? He's just riffing, it and it's awful. like it's confusing. Look, I I respect the hell out of the guy for paving the way for comedians. Saying uh, I'll acknowledge that, Mikey, because he did pay a heavy price for his for his art for his work. Right, because uh, you know he said he said naughty words. Where specifically? What did he get arrested for? He said uh, a lot about religion, and that it was something about uh, holy. He he flailed his hands like this to do holy water, and they thought that he was uh, masturbating or something. Yeah, or like yeah. a gun or something weird yeah. in, in a church. And look, he paved the way, man. He he did some edgy stuff, I guess. If that's you know, but he wasn't. He just. His comedy is just so bad. And I, I tried listening to a Lenny Bruce album, and 40 minutes into it, I hadn't laughed at all. And I, I thought, I realized I was just listening to a guy talk. And not even a particularly interesting story. Yeah. He's just standing on stage talking, and no one's laughing. 
And I thought, well, this is just um, a guy, a kind of a sad alcoholic talking, <laughs> just talking on a stage. And his, I, okay. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to disagree with you, but you uh, like Lenny Bruce? No, I, oh, yeah. I don't. No one Bruce. does. I, <laughs> no one but does. I wish. I wish I did. I wish I could could yell at you for having this opinion. Yeah, it's one of those things where comics, you know, if they want cred, you know, they'll they'll give reverence to Lenny Bruce and say, oh. Lenny Bruce, well, he's a real comics. Comic. Some of the routines, like some of the topics, the moments, it in isolation were really, really good by any standard. By like you listen to them today, you're like, wow, this is good stand up comedy. Like, and he talked about actually interesting shit. Like he talked about history and ideas. He didn't just get up there like stand up comics today and just talk about, oh, my girlfriend texts me the dumbest shit. <laughs> Like who fucking wants to do that? Yeah, who gets up on stage and just tells jokes? (laughs) Well, Lenny Bruce changed the game because at at that at his time there were those those hacks from the Catskills doing old (laughs) jokes, you know, and and he was going up and he did something different. And also, he was talking to a different audience. All right, they were they were living in a different time. Can we can we split the difference? Can comedians today talk about something remotely interesting, and we can say that most of what Lenny Bruce was doing was unlistenable? Can we? Can we? I'll give you that. All right. Yeah, I agree with that. And uh, I respect him because he was pushing buttons and he was saying what he wanted to say. It's not about paving the way. It's about doing what he wanted to do. Look, there's a guy who did what he wanted to do. Yeah. And he got in trouble for it and he paid the price and he sacrificed for his art and for his right and his freedom of expression. Good for him. I I support that. And in fact, there was a journalist who got arrested during the Bush era. And I respect the hell out of that because she stood up for her, her beliefs, her principles, her ethics. And uh, I respect the hell out of that, even if I disagree with her reporting, which I think at the time I did. Anyway, we should move on to some quick news headlines. Mikey Bolts, uh, what do Mm -hmm. you have for us? All right. We got some good stuff. A man who claims to have the world's longest penis has been exposed as a fake by a doctor who examined him. Wait, 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 more like. Right. Bummer. What the hell? The doctor broke his his oath? (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point, Rock. This doctor just threw him under the bus. Radiologist Dr. Jesus Gilmuro carried out a scan on Roberto Cabrera, who said that he has an 18.9-inch penis. Scans of the penis revealed that it's mostly skin, (laughs) and his penis is just six inches long. Uh, However... penises are mostly skin. (laughs) That's a lot of skin, because I think it actually goes that far. Yeah. Okay. However, he refused to remove the bandages that he wears on his penis. Uh, refusing to let the doctor see any skin. Uh, uh, with scandal. A, yeah. And uh, <laughs> this is the quote. It goes just before the knee, but the penis itself is about 16 centimeters to 18 centimeters from the pubis. Mm. Whatever the hell that means. Very contentious. And mm. how I love how the story is that much worse because the doctor's name is Jesus. <laughs> 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 you got outed for your fake cock story by Jesus. <laughs> Holy shit. And the doctor said very large foreskin on yeah, <laughs> record. Yeah, on record. Let the pu- it's just an odd. How did this even become a story? Like, Because either the patient or the doctor. Oh, my gosh. Mike is holding uh, up a picture I think of this you thing. put this on the website. I mean, it looks like he's seen... holding a, 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 a rather large, like a 40-ounce can of beer or something. <laughs> uh, you know, like a... Looks like two Four Locos. Yeah, it looks like two... <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, looks like two four locos. That's a good uh, good description, right? Mm, yeah. I mean, he looks very happy. He does look, a little you know. Too happy. And I, I'm <laughs> I'm gonna side with him, the patient, a little bit because no one with a fake penis looks that happy with it <laughs> while he's holding it. He looks super. He looks like, yeah. he, and he's wearing like a flower a flower hat, right? Like a <laughs> yeah. like a, a hat that a woman wears when she's out in her flower garden. He doesn't need to prove his masculinity. No, he doesn't give a oh, fuck. Boy. 
That guy's got man boobs and everything. He's mm. got his big old. I think I I trust him. I think over uh, Jesus in the story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Side with him over the doctor. Over the doctor. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, the guy's showing it on in a news article. You know what? And now I think it's not the doctor who outed him. He called the news. He's like, "Hey, listen to this quack doctor of mine. Doesn't believe my cock's this big." Mm. <laughs> and hold, held like a press a press release, a press announcement. Yeah, uh, good story, Mikey. Anything else? Yeah, one more thing. Um, a couple have been arrested after they were caught having oral sex in front of a diner at a restaurant. Jonathan Hightower, 31, and LaShonda Fisher, 28, were charged with public lewdness after someone noticed a woman's head bobbing up and down in a booth in Baby Acapulco. Baby Acapulco? A restaurant in Austin, Texas. Okay. Police were called to the scene at around 1030. A manager told authorities that two customers had had been engaging in oral sex at a booth inside the business in front of customers. Jesus. Wow. And her face, I wish that Oh my gosh. So were. Mikey's holding up a picture of this uh, this lady's face. Just she rude. looks like um she looks like she someone just told her something that she doesn't believe. Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> You told her why she's arrested. Yeah, we're going to post this on the YouTube channel as well. Uh, Mikey, make sure to send me that link. I'll yes, post sir. this picture on the YouTube channel as well. If you guys are watching the YouTube version of this, which by the way, subscribe, tell your friends, the channel is growing. People love the video version of this as well. You can see what Alan and me and Rucka and Mikey look like. And Donald Trump is off in the corner on his stool, but uh, sometimes you might catch a glimpse of him as well. These are my Skittles. Yeah, he's eating those Skittles. We got some a couple weeks ago, so a fan Ooh. sent some Skittles in for uh, for uh, old Donnie over there in the corner. I'm nourished. Yeah. Well, uh, Mikey, do you have any other stories? Yeah. Because I wasn't sure you were going to bring this one in, but it's related to the stories you brought in, because oh, I want to mention this. Okay. A risky phallic fad sweeps Thailand and from Bangkok. Health authorities are alarmed about a phallic fad in Thai capital where men are having their penises whitened. And I love, I love the puns. I love the jokes that people are making in the headlines. And you can tell that this is like the one time the journalists can let loose a little bit. Here's some other headlines. Phallic fad. Thai men going nuts for penis whitening procedure. And uh, here's another one. Penis whitening laser fad arouses great interest in Thailand. Oof. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, yeah, I guess it's a procedure that's going viral right now because they posted the video of a guy on a table on Facebook getting his penis lasered Jesus. to get whitened. Just yeah. the penis. Yeah, just the penis. You want a real nice, uh, shiny, bright, <laughs> mm. now, bright penis. They're the tie. They're like darker than your average Joe. I'll tell you what their complexion looks like. It looks almost like a Mexican person would in the United States. So you can tell sometimes... You know, sometimes Mexican people have darker complexion. Thai people uh, kind of have a similar complexion to Mexican people. Wow, that was a very long way of just saying, yes, they're dark. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, how dark, though? I mean, are they Philippine? Are they Indonesian? Are they Indian? Like, how dark are they? I would say that they're similar to American Mexicans. American Mexicans. Yes. Not Mexican Mexicans. Well, some some Mexican Mexicans. Why are they weird in Thai- Thailand or, Tha- or Thailand, yeah, Taiwan? Yeah. Thailand, Thailand. Yeah. Why are they weird over there? Yeah, everything's weird there. I went to a KFC in Thailand. And um, got a combo meal that came with two breaded pieces of spicy chicken, some curry, some rice, and then two Hostess snowballs. You remember those uh, those Hostess yeah. snowballs, the mm. coconut ones with the with marshmallow and, and yeah. Uh, yeah, it came with that as part of the uh, the meal. I was wondering who ate those. Like, <laughs> yeah. Who eats these on like fat fat kids, Mikey? Do they fat enjoy kids. them though? Because yeah, I was fun. fat at one point and they're I fun. never enjoyed them, but I. 
I remember eating it just being like, is is this ideal to anyone? They're, they're fun. <laughs> they're 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 uh, they're a good tasty snack. It's very like uh, you know, it's the best of both worlds of like a hostess cake, which isn't that good, and marshmallows, which by themselves isn't that good, but it's coated with coconut, which is delicious, and the texture of the cake with the marshmallow together, bam, you got yourself a dessert, buddy. So it sounds like you were delighted in Thailand. I was very delighted. Yeah. Anyway, on that note, I just want to end things with this one last thing. This is kind of neat. I saw this video someone posted online. It's Nirvana auto-tuned to a major key. And this is really cool. It sounds like a weird poppy song. And uh, you wouldn't even be able to tell this is Nirvana. If this song had come out, I think it would have been just as big of a hit. Maybe not as big because grunge is its own thing. And Nirvana, you know, basically is the household name in grunge. But this is a weird poppy version of Smells Like Teen Spirit. Listen to this. Sound like a sitcom theme, like opening. It sounds like uh, it like the Fuller House theme. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like a ninety late nineties. Oh shit! Yeah, it sounds like uh, what grunge became. Like yeah. Um, yeah. like I am barely breathing. <laughs> like semi-sonic. Yeah. yeah, it's like the newfound glory version. Of, yeah, I'm a bit more adult alternative and a bit less punk, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, that, that kind of fun to listen to. That guitar riff had like a Green Day type of feel to it. Yeah, very poppy, very happy, kind of uh, what grunge, I think you're right, Rekka, what grunge became. Like adult alternative, I'd call that. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, closing time. Yeah, no. exactly. Time for you to go. Look what, look what happens when the guy who that you'd need for a reboot is dead. You <laughs> actually do the reboot and it's good. <laughs> yeah, see, reboots are great. I'm just saying. No. I'm just. Yeah, no, I know. I, I know I'm not going to speak in defense of that. Yeah. Good. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Alan. Thank, Alan Denton, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, where can people find you? Do you want us to link uh, to your. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Alan the Writer. I'm not really anywhere else. How do you spell Alan? A L A N, the writer. There you go. A L A N. We'll link to you. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, This really has nothing to do with any of it, but when I was a kid, I couldn't fucking read, right? And <laughs> don't look at me like you've read anything to this day. <laughs> And there was uh, this pog. It was like a knockoff pog. And this like alien. It was called like Alien Dude. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And I always thought it was Alan Dude. Oh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, no, it's not. It's not. It's Alan, A-L-A-N, not Alien. Listen, uh, Maddox, for- <laughs> this is what the audience wants. They want our personal yeah. stories no, shared. I agree. No. I agree. Well, thank you so much, Alan, for joining us. We'd love to have you back. Yeah, that'll be great. Thank you to the Sultan of Swag, Mikey Bolt. Thanks, Maddox. Thank you to the Maharaja of Moderation, Rekka Ali. Up for election. Yes, sir. But most of all, you're welcome. Hell yeah. Did you guys hear about Trump's new travel ban? No one in or out of Glendale. I wish. Hey, fuck you, man. Uh, here's um, one last one. Hey, Lord Maddox, it's me. As a, a Pokemon fag, uh, I can clearly say I, I know a shit ton about Pokemon. It is a, a truly a gigantic waste of time. But that said, uh, Pokemon in Japan came out in 1996 and in the U.S. 1998. But yeah, so if you did graduate or were in school around the time of 1998, yeah, you were definitely 20-ish when that came out. I don't know how old you are. I like to think of you as timeless, if these guys want to, you know, use labels. Also, Pikachu is number 25 
and is uh, the electric mouse Pokemon. And Meowth is 52, and it is a cat. Yeah. And 25 and 52 are opposites. And mice and cats are opposites. Yeah. Fuck Nazis. Yeah. See? Pokemon players, real insightful yeah. people. I remember when Pokemon first came out, and I was just like, I'm just going to wait this one out. I'm just going <laughs> to wait a few months. <laughs> Still waiting? Still waiting. Uh. Hey there. Don't forget to subscribe to Madcast Shows on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Okay, bye. Madcast Media Network.